You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 153, Black Mold and Roses. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, it's already April. Yeah, it was a week ago. That's true. Just, you know, tax day will be here before you know it. Oh, yeah. I guess I better get mine done. <laughs> I'm one of those that procrastinates. Unlike most people, I don't uh, I don't run to get my taxes done, as you very well know. Yep, yep. It, it, it takes a village is what they say. <laughs> it takes about an active, yeah, an accountant to get mine done. Exactly. So today's episode, we are talking about plants and flowers, but specifically black mold and roses. What What is this topic about in your mind? Well, the reason I said black ro- mold and roses is because people think everything's rosy if they have a bunch of plants in their house. So you know, as long as they can put roses and daisies and whatnot in their home... Or, you know, obviously those are flowers, or a bunch of plants, they think that's going to give them better air quality in their home. And, well, I'm not, so for all our listeners that love a bunch of plants, I'm not anti-plant, but I'm not a big fan of them either. Well, and there are lots of articles that I've been seeing pop up lately where people are saying, if you want to not only improve air quality, but improve your energy levels if you bring the outdoors indoors via things like plants and living things, that it actually promotes the way you feel, promotes your air quality. It gives you more of that outdoor environment inside your house. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you know, it could help your indoor air quality too to bring animals into the house that weren't supposed to be in there too. So I guess my point is, is they're not made to be in there. Yeah. Um, not in my opinion. I just, it, for all the work it would take, you couldn't really do that. So, 
You know, and I think that's the problem we have the mold epidemic is, is people believe that kind of stuff. Like, oh, we're going to bring all these plants in. And, you know, there's theories that, you know, keeping your home humid and things like that, it helps the air quality. And there's just, from my expertise, obviously I'm not some plant expert, but when I'm in a home that has a lot of plants, typically the humidity is fairly high because of the moisture from them watering them all the time. Or, you know, could be that they're leaking or whatnot. So I, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I just, I don't, I don't believe our homes are designed, especially in, you know, 2022, to have a bunch of stuff that should be outside brought inside. Well, and isn't isn't it part of it is that you're you're talking about taking things that live in an open open system, where the negative side effect of those things on human beings is really diminished because the system is so open. You're talking about bringing those things from a very open system into a closed system where the right. doors and the windows are closed. Yeah, you got a controlled environment. Um, you know, something that really doesn't have anything to do with mold, but indoor air quality is, is something kind of similar to what you're saying is radon. Radon's naturally present on the outside. So does that mean the inside your home it's okay? No, because it's at higher concentrations because it's inside your home. It's going to be higher levels. So you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's controlled. It's a controlled environment. It's more airtight. That's why going back to the mold epidemic, that's why I believe we're having it. Just you have the fact that building materials, stuff you just brought up, people read on the internet that you should bring all these plants and it'll help you feel better, whatever. Those things on top of a, a closed environment inside a home is, is compromising the air quality, which obviously is affecting our bodies. What about these plants that people are saying are anti-mold? Or I've even heard of people getting, I don't even know how this would work fish and fish tanks and the and the fish their presence in the house is anti-mold what do you think of mold spore what 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 do you oh, think i guess i've never heard of that <laughs> but but i know as far as the fish i haven't but as far as the plants yeah i hear it all the time you know they and and a lot of them there's a lot of people they didn't just look it up they swear by it you know and they have experience that you know certain plants make the air quality better and i'm not saying plants don't improve the air quality but to think that you're going to buy plants to improve your air quality because you have a mold concern is just counterproductive. It's something we talk about all the time. Like, you know, we're going to be doing a podcast about air purifiers. We just did one about dehumidifiers. If you're bringing those plants in to re get rid of the mold in the air, which we naturally have, but if you have a mold infestation per se, those plants aren't going to do any good. So, but going back to what, what you were saying, I just don't, you know, I've had clients and I've, I've done research and there's different plants that, you know, they say are helpful when it comes to mold. But in my opinion, as far as mold infestations, there's no plant that's going to improve that because you have a mold infestation or mold problem. It's like putting a bandaid on something that needs stitches. Well, it, and can't having too many plants indoors that you're constantly watering and the water is getting on the floor, then lead to an even bigger mold problem exactly. down the line. Yeah, and they should, you know, depending on on what they have for plants, you know, you could have smaller plants. And our plant, li our people that li listen that love their plants are probably screaming right now with their device they're listening to. But it's not over time, you know, 
if you have a bunch of plants, and I've seen firsthand several times, especially like in a bathroom, people will move their plants into a bathroom because it's more humid. They feel that they grow better in there. Well, it's in a bathroom and you're, you're introducing this water to it all the time that it elevates the humidity, which leads to a mold concern. So drip pans below plants is a huge preventative measure that most people don't use at all. And I don't understand that, but that's why I'm not a plant guy. Absolutely. I don't, I don't believe in having plants. <laughs> we have roses on the table. That's about as much as we get. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, when people are keeping that a lot of plants in their home, even if they live in dry areas like, let's say, Arizona, the indoor air quality is adversely impacted by the, the their behaviors around the plants, right. right? Right. And it's not just their behaviors with the plants. It could be the, the, the leaves and the plant itself. That plant, so obviously leaves fall off, they decay. Those really can release mold spores into the air. Those are... Those are leaves that were not supposed to be inside that home, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So you're introducing things, going back to the mold epidemic, just like with sheetrock and VOCs and everything, we're introducing these things into our homes that naturally shouldn't be there. So that's one thing that, that our listeners need to realize too, is, is the decay matter of those leaves has mold spores that their body's not used to at higher concentrations. Absolutely. And if someone is trying to figure out why they have certain symptoms in the house, like allergies, sinus headaches, any of this, the, the signs of mold sickness, then it sounds like bringing new plants into the environment is an even worse idea because now you don't know right. if what your, your increase in symptoms is because you introduced a plant that you're allergic to or because of possible mold in your house. Right. And it, I'll make a comparison that our listeners would probably understand. It'd be no different than if you think you're allergic to some sort of food and you decide to add more food to your diet versus pulling back to figure out what you're allergic to. You have no idea what's causing issues. And then when a specialist comes in, I'm going to say to you, well, that plant could be giving you problems. Well, that's my favorite plant. I'm never getting rid of it. Well, okay. I'm not not saying that that's causing your problems, but... That's one thing I'm going to tell you could be causing problems. And, you know, they could say, well, I've had these for 30 years. I don't know. There's plants that last forever. And they could say, you know, I never had problems until recently. Well, most of us didn't have allergies until we got older. Most of us had great hearing and eyesight till we got older. My point is, is you could have the same plant that you've been exposed to for years, but your body can produce an allergy to it or just a negative reaction to it. Absolutely. So so then it really is kind of how you say it's individual. Mold can affect different people in the same household differently. Then when people say, well, these are anti-mold plants or these are good flowers to have for mold, you don't necessarily agree with that, do you? No, no. I just, like I said, I'm not the right person to talk to about that as far as when I'm dealing with our clients because I just tell them, you know, I'm not a big fan of those. I don't know enough about them. If you do enough research, it's a confirmation bias. If I want to, I can Google, can roses cause mold (laughs) or mold sickness? You're going to find what you want to find. That's kind of how our internet works these days. But at the end of the day, I would say you're introducing something to the home that you, you know could be causing problems, so I would take that out. Okay. It's no different than 
you know, if you started using um, a new laundry detergent and, it, and you have sensitive skin, if it gives you rashes, you're going to have to say, hey, I doubt it's the actual shirt. It's probably what I'm using. So you're going to pull that away. You pull that away. Well, if it's a sweater you're wearing, you kind of know, okay, maybe I'm allergic to whatever the sweater's made of. Makes sense? It, it does make sense. So I hear a lot of plant-loving people feeling pretty bad right now because you're telling them don't have plants in your house. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it can lead to problems. It, it can lead to problems, and they might have to eliminate it if, they, if they're trying to yeah. get to the bottom. And a lot of people a have a problem. lot of plants. A lot. And, you know, some people have plants the way people have lots of shoes. Exactly. So there is a certain threshold when you're going to the plant person syndrome. So right. way too right. many plants, right? But at the end of the day, a person who loves plants on the inside might say, okay, fine. If I had to eliminate plants because I have a mold problem, I'm fine with that. But what about plants on the outside? I have my rose bushes, my flower beds. I've got my garden in the back. I have, you know, vines that are growing beautifully on the brick siding of my house. Like, should I, do I have to be really strict with the outside plants, vegetation and flowers? Well, so a few different things. A garden. So when you say a flower bed, I just automatically think of a flower bed right next to the foundation because mm-hmm. that's where most flower beds are. Yeah. That's not a good idea, especially if you have a drip system. And if, if that water is not sloping properly away from that foundation, that can cause problems, even if it is sloping away. If you have a drip system there, and one of the pipes start leaking, you'll have moisture inside your crawl space or down in your basement. So a garden, I just assume, is away from the home. So a garden, in my opinion, shouldn't pose any concerns. But if it's up by the house, it would. Vines on the side of the house, that's a big... I grew up, I'm not going to name the name, but there was a, a, a house just kitty corner from where I grew up. And she loved, and I think she still has them, these vines on the side and back of her house and it was on the west side of her home so she figured you know well it it looks pretty and it keeps the home that side of the home cooler in the evenings because of the sunset and i'm not a fan of that at all because those vines they grow all the way up well eventually they're going to make their way into and i've seen it in attics they make their way into the attic because those vines are going to try to grow wherever they can so I'm not a fan of those at all. That's that's just a big. I wouldn't do that. And it, back in the day, and you see a lot like a lot of like I say castles because I we don't live in Europe, but you see a lot of you know like castles in in England and Europe that had that stuff that was beautiful. But big difference with those is they the exterior was built with stone and non-porous materials. Nowadays we have. You know, wood fascia, wood soffits. We have all a, a lot of cellulose materials. So, for our listeners, if you have vines growing on the side of your house, that if I was to do VPA, that would be one thing I would say that's got to go. Okay. What about if somebody's growing rose bushes on their fence line? You know, if most people grow it like towards the back yeah, of the, your like yard. on their property line or yes. whatever. Those are fine as long as they're not next to the home. Okay. Where most flower beds are. So as long as you're away from the home. You know, and, and our standard state six feet away from the home, and you have to have positive slope away. As far as a flower bed, I would try to get away from doing any next to the home. What about bushes in the front, like right the by same the steps up to any the door? Vegetation. Oh, okay, away, away from the house. Yeah, and I, I know. What about the, but doesn't mulch, you know how people put down mulch in their flower beds, doesn't that help? 
Well, it, it, it so as long as everything's sloping away from the foundation and you have a filter fabric down and I would have a moisture barrier down and then just that mulch, you would be fine okay. as long as the water has somewhere to go. But that's, you know, we, we have, um, you know, lots of materials these days that are non-cellulose, non-porous that you can use against your house. The, the best thing to do, and you see a lot in the South, is is to pour concrete right next to the house. Literally pour a four-foot pad all the way around the house that slopes away. That way you don't have any issues. That makes sense. And it, Yeah, it's not pretty, but flower beds are not good next to homes. And, and you see nowadays compared to like when we grew up, that was kind of the thing. You had flower beds and all these things right next to the foundation. Most homes these days, you'll notice there isn't that. Yeah. And it's just, it's too problematic for your foundation, which, you know, we've talked about before, water, that water is going to come in to either to your basement or down into your crawl space, and that will cause a mold concern. Okay. Well then, so what's your call to action for people, especially plant and flower lovers? So for our plant lovers inside the homes, make sure, and I'm sure most of them know, but make sure all your plants have little drip pans at the bottom of them, and that way you're not saturating your subfloor or your carpet below them so pretty simple easy thing to make sure that you're not causing issues that could affect your health and once again they should have a humidity gauge we provide those don't we in the mold yes, box we have those in the mold box yep you can find out more about the mold box by going to cnccontractorservices.com there's a whole bunch of great stuff in yep. the mold box but a humidity gauge wouldn't you say yep yeah that's probably something our listeners know we talk about all the time you can't you can't really talk about mold without talking about humidity. So, is what it is. There you have it. So, check out the mold box, cnccontractorservices.com. We'll check you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.